Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's Buddy Franklin knocked away by Morris. Couldn't mark it. Naismith Kennedy handle out to Buddy. Buddy tackled by Morris. Dropping the ball. Boyd took the advantage and played on from inside the centre square. Boyd's kicked the goal. Boyd's kicked the goal from inside the centre. I can't believe that. Boyd has kicked the goal. My name is Eddie. I'm going to be running you through all things Supercoach as always. Um, but joining me, uh, I need some help with this stuff. I'm never never good on my own. I've got two of the goats in the game. Uh, Dylan Bolch, sports journalist, Sandringham Dragons extraordinaire. Uh, how are you today, Dylan? Yeah, good, thanks, Eddie. How are you? I am going fantastically well, thank you. And on the other line, we've got the ever-popular on Twitter, SC Bandit. Been pumping out some stats. He's always good, quick on the news. Uh, Bandit, how are you today? Going well, boys. Been a bit of a hiatus for me from the podcast, but uh, yeah, nice to be back on and with a bit of a different mix with uh, myself and Dylan on for the first time. Looking looking forward to it. Love to Should see be it. Good. Absolutely love to see it. Well, it is, has been a bit of a hiatus for you, Bandit, so why don't you reorient the listeners um, where you're at, where you've been over the last few weeks. Give us a rundown. What's, gone, what's sort of gone well and what's gone wrong over the last month or so? Yeah, well, not much has really gone right over the uh, the last three weeks with the with the buyers. I've dropped about probably ten thousand places, I think, um, over the last uh, sort of three or four weeks with with the buyers. Um, as I say, the best laid plans are, are never set in stone, and mine probably were set in stone with a couple of um, rookies I was banking on playing through the buyers, not quite. Not quite holding their spots, and and some of the guys that I brought in um, getting injured or, or losing their spots as well. So uh, yeah, currently sitting around sort of twenty two thousand ish overall. Um, had a better week last week, but um, yeah, it was probably too little, too late. Um, the damage was done in in those first couple of buy rounds. So uh, yeah, not much you can sort of do. You just got to sort of suck it up and um, yeah, play for the rest of the season. Constantly got moving goalposts. That's the beauty of Supercoach Bandit. Um, everything just is. It's all relative. Well, the goal from here. Top 10,000, exactly. top 15,000, um, it's all going to be good nonetheless. What about last week specifically? Um, how did you go? Where were you ranked? What were your wins and losses for the last weekend, round 14? Yeah, so scored uh, bang on uh, 1,800, which um, given my performance in the previous couple of weeks was actually uh, actually not too bad. I did manage to regain about a couple of thousand uh, spots overall on the back of that score. So um, that suggests that that was probably a little bit above par for, for where I was. So that was good. Um, wins for the week, there wasn't really many to pick from, but um, sideways trading Will Brody to, to Bontempelli for 120 points was, was a pretty nice win. Um, but yeah, like I said, slim pickings aside from that, unfortunately. Parker and Haney were we're good as well. Um, I don't think um, they've turned up too many times together um, since they've both been in my team. So that was a, a nice little uh, sweetener as well. Love that. What about you, Dylan? What was uh, yeah? What was your week like? Were you feeling good come this morning, or was it another struggle? Yeah, I think it was okay in hindsight, given how I have been going. So I scored nineteen forty eight. Um, I didn't check it all weekend, so when I looked at that last night, I was pleasantly surprised by it. Um, Forgot I had McRae captain and, and I apparently had left him as captain and he scored 155, so that was good because I thought it was um, Tuke Miller and it wasn't, um, so that was a pleasant surprise. Love that. Um, what about what trades did you do last week and how did they how did they end up going over the weekend? Um, I put in Tim English, which <laughs> 110, you'd be pretty happy with that, but he's since been ruled out, so that's... Um, that's a little bit frustrating. He was my Gorn replacement, and then I brought Callum Mills in, um, and he scored 138. So that was pretty pleasing. Love that. Um, I went. I scored a 1903. 
up 97 spots to 406th overall. Um, so yeah, pretty happy with that. It was yeah, it was a weird weekend where everything went right the weekend before. I spoke in at length about how well last week went. Um, yeah, this most recent weekend, a lot of things went a little bit wrong, um, but was pretty happy with bringing in Bontepelli. Um, the Proust, getting rid of Proust three weeks ago is feeling even better um, by the week. Um, and yeah, good output from the likes of Jacob Ware, um, Cooper Stevens, and Ben Hobbs. So that was nice. But yeah, the losses, I've completely bungled my vice captain and captain again. Um, went with Cripps on Thursday night, which didn't work out. And then missed out on Mills, McRae, went with Took. Um, so that wasn't good. Uh, but overall, uh, pretty happy with where we're at. I was, was looking at SC Data before that great database online who also posts on Twitter pretty regularly. Um, he found that 62 teams reached 6,000 plus points over the buyers. So the average was 4,870 and the top 10% over the buyers scored 5510. So I was looking at mine and I managed uh, 5846 over the three buy weeks. So I was pretty happy with that. I think that's that's a tick in the box of um, of actually planning for your buyers rather, <laughs> rather than just letting sh- things shake out as I normally do. Um, ben, you, you didn't have the best buy period, but what, what did you learn out of the buyers? Is there anything that you can take forward into next year that you, you wish you'd known before these buyers? Yeah, I think... More, more than anything, it's just about targeting those rookies that have that really solid job security. So, um, you know, guys that have played through the whole buy period, guys like, you know, McComb, uh, Ben Hobbs, um, you know, these sorts of guys. Um, uh, Corey Durden's another one for Carlton who, you know, hasn't set the world on fire in terms of scoring, but he's just that warm body um, that you can play on field throughout the buys and not stress um, too much about sort of whether he's going to hold his spot week in, week out. And that's probably where I got caught a little bit short with guys like Morris Rioli. Jack Carroll was another one who didn't hold his hold his place through the buy rounds as well. So it was those sorts of players that let me down a little bit and it's probably just lesson learned that, you know, when it, when it is approaching the buy rounds, you need to bat pretty deep on, on your bench um, and potentially hang on to guys who are going to lose money in the short term, but will eventually be able to play um, through the buys for you in, in the longer term. So, yeah, it's probably just, yeah, being a bit more patient and, and being a bit more selective about um, about shot selection with uh, with rookies. Yeah, I love it. Dylan, what about you? Was there anything that stood out for you over the last three weeks that, that you can take forward with you? I think Bandit covered it pretty comprehensively. Um, just having warm bodies on field. So Joel Jeffrey was another guy that I um, passed on, but he's... He's been really good, um, and I wish I had him. I've, I've been stuck with blokes like Carol and Rioli, and Mitch Owens is another one who was in and then out. Um, Jacob Ware's probably really only been the um, the consistent rookie for me, given I've offloaded all of McCartan and Dacos and, and those sorts of players. So, yeah, I think having warm bodies on the field um, and on the bench come the buy rounds is pretty important. Well, we've spoken at length about the buyers, and one of the things I found super important with painting my by um, structure was the SC Playbook tools. Um, Nico and you boys have both done some excellent stuff in the preseason uh, looking at what you need to know for your buy structure. So if you want to get hold of all the SC Playbook content, um, the price has been dropped for our subscriptions down to $20, which gets you our entire content library for the 2022 AFL season. Or if you want, that's $40 for the full package, which covers AFL, NRL, and BBL. Gets you access to stacks of extra articles every week. Um, entry into our exclusive WhatsApp group where um, the chat has been popping off recently. Um, all of us are in there chatting throughout the weekend. Um, but if you're, not interested, if you're not interested in that, don't worry. We've got a heap of free content on the site to get through as well. Visit scplaybook.com.au for stacks of expert content and follow our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter socials at scplaybookafl. Now, we touched on this just before, boys, and it came out about an hour before we went to air. Luckily, you, normally these things tend to come out just after we finish recording. Um, but Bandit, you brought us the sorry news that that Tim English is going to be out this week. Can you talk us through it? What's happened? Um, what's the prognosis? And can we expect him back for next week? Yeah, so pretty unfortunate news just before we um, before we did jump on to record this. But yeah, Tim English has been ruled out um, this week with delayed concussion. So um, he was obviously... Um, suffered a big tackle by uh, by Braden Pruce, unsurprisingly. It's always Pruce who manages to find his way into these sorts of things. But, uh, yeah, he suffered a delayed concussion out of the game, played the full game out, and then, yeah, apparently reported some symptoms, um, yeah, sort of after the game. So, yeah, they've, they've ruled him out for, for this week. Um, and the other thing to think about potentially as well is with the 12-day protocols for concussion now, the Bulldogs actually play the first game of round 16 on, on Thursday on the 30th. So... Uh, he's had that concussion on the 18th of June and uh, 12 days away is the 30th. So he's actually probably going to be in a race against time to to be fit for that game. Um, so he could potentially miss two 
games unluckily on the on the back of that so um yeah the bulldogs haven't haven't confirmed that officially yet they've just ruled him out for for round 15 but yeah there is a potential that he could miss a couple of weeks which um will be very sour news for um those who've held him right through him doing a hamstring and then having the flu and and then now this, you haven't really got a lot of uh, a lot of return for, for hanging on to him, unfortunately. So yeah, yeah not, not great news to uh, to receive on a uh, on a Monday afternoon. That really hurts, Dylan. You brought him in last week. Um, what's the plan? Is is there any sort of inkling in your mind to trade him? Have you got enough cover? What do you yeah? What what, what are you thinking with, with English going forward? Well, my rack line at the moment is English, Darcy, and Tickle, and Bryn Tickle's obviously also out with a um, a collarbone injury. He's been ruled out for six to eight weeks, um, so he's no help. And I don't have anyone I can sub into the rack line, so I'm sort of tossing up bringing in Jared Witts, who I think is still a good buy despite a bad week um, last week. But the problem is he's pretty expensive and has a high break even. Um, and the other option is potentially looking at getting Todd Goldstein in mm, um, as a forward. As a forward, his last – let me read his last little run to you. So since round seven, he's got 125, 142, 103, 88, 123, 98 and 104. So pretty happy with that run. Um, but, yeah, I've also got to deal with Zach Butters in the forward line. So I think Goldstein's an option as a, as a slightly cheaper um, alternative to Wits. I think he's only 532K, so – I might consider Todd Goldstein, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think I'm. I feel quite fortunate at the moment because I've got Darcy Cameron in the forward line, so I can rotate Cameron up for English and bring Hobbs uh, on at F six. Um, Hobbs has been going fantastically lately. He's sort of in that sixty to eighty range every week. So I, I'm losing a bit by not having English if it's two weeks. That hurts, um, but I think I can cover it. But I think people in the position where they've got the likes of Gorn um, English. Butters, they're going to have some have to make some moves. Bandit, um, do you, have we had any prognosis on on Butters? I think the latest was they thought it was a medial. Um, do we have any concrete intel on how long he's going to be out for? Uh, I haven't seen anything pop up just yet, but yeah, I think the general time frame with those sorts of injuries is sort of four to six weeks. Um, I can't imagine they'd be super keen to rush him back. It probably depends on how they go in the next couple of games. If they if they lose to the Suns. Um, this week coming up, then it's probably season over for, for Port Adelaide. They've left their run a little bit too late um, to, to squeeze into the top eight. So it then becomes a question of, you know, is it really worth rushing him back for, you know, potentially an extra couple of games at the back end of the season when, you know, really there's not a lot to play for if finals are out of the equation and you just get him right for, for day one of preseason. So, um, yeah, the early prognosis I heard was was sort of four to six weeks. Um, and to be honest, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he's out for um, for a little bit longer than that. Yeah, agreed. Um, we're going to get more into Butter's trade options a little bit later. Um, firstly, I wanted to say Bryn Tickle was looking fantastic on, on Saturday Arvo before he, he crunched himself in a, in a bump on um, – oh, who did he bump? Anyway, whoever he did bump was looking pretty sore and sorry for themselves afterwards. But unfortunately, Tickle came off second best, which – was bad to see because he was on his way for a decent score and um, probably going to cement himself in the side for a little while. Um, I want to get into our big topics for the day, boys, which, um, yeah, every week I, I put it out to you. What do we want to talk about? What is the super coach world talking about? What do we need to get through today? Um, and the first one I think is quite relevant to a lot of teams. Um, and I want to find out where you guys are at with your trades, um, whether you've got boosts left and, and what your plan is with your trades going forward. So Dylan, can you run us through where you're sitting, how much salary you've got in the bank, um, yeah, and how many trades you've got left and what your plan is to do with them from here. Yeah, cool. So I've got nine trades left um, and a boost, but no salary. I've only got 4000 in the bank. Um, I've got to deal with English and Butters this week, and I've still got Greg Clark sitting at M8, so that's a little bit of a concern. Um, but it feels like I've got more trades than, than others do um, at the moment. So it'll be interesting to see where I go um, from here. I think it's always... I've always been of the belief that you want to hold trades for situations like Tim English missing a week or two with concussion. Um, I remember last year Tom Stewart missed the last little bit with a, a foot injury and, and Jack Zebel I think, missed the last round or two as well. So you don't really want to be stuck with a, a donut come the end of the year um, or fielding someone like Malcolm Roses who's good for a 50. I think at the end of the day you want to be able to side swap those guys um, if you can late in the year. So... Yeah, don't burn through all your trades would be my uh, my source of advice. So, what's your what's your ideal number of trades? Do you think to have just sitting there for the for the back sort of four to six weeks of the season? 
Oh, four, maybe, if your team's at, at full primo. Um, yeah, it's a tricky one because, you know, full, full primo is also a subjective um, a subjective phrase. I know we'll touch on that later, but, you know, do we count guys like Butters as a premium or is he a, that next year down? Um, so it's sort of hard. I think you'd probably want three or four um, for injuries and suspensions and the like, and then... Um, if you've got some extras to, to flick a Jaden short to, to a Sam Doherty type, that's, um, that's pretty handy as well. Bandit, what about you? Where are you at? Yeah, so I've got uh, eight trades and 190K in the bank before I make any moves this week. Um, I held on to Gorn um, and just put him on the bench with, with Tegel playing uh, last week. So I'll have to probably move him on and um, I've still got Butters. So, yeah, that's where uh, my trades will be going. Um, with the English news, um, that's probably changed my plans a little bit uh, on the fly. I was looking to to trade Butters out for maybe like an Andrew Brayshaw or someone like that in, in the mids and just sort of um, complete my midfield. But it's looking like I might have to trade Gorn and Butters to maybe Wits and um, Nankervis or, or someone like that just to try and shore up my ruck line for for the rest of the year, particularly with um, with English likely to to miss this week and then and then potentially next week as well. So. Um, yeah, I think in terms of trades left, if you're at full primo and you've got anywhere from sort of six to, to nine trades left, I reckon you're, you're absolutely laughing, um, particularly if you've got guys like Hobbs um, um, to Ambrosio. I've probably butchered that pronunciation, but uh, Eddie, I'm sure you can correct me on that. That um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Um, yeah, he looked really good in that, in that first game, so he looks like a, a solid downgrade option in the next couple of weeks. Um, Jacob Ware, obviously, as well. Um, you know, it could potentially get to the point where if you've still got guys like Paddy McCartan or or Sam DeConing, that you maybe just hang on to them and use them as, um, you know, an F7, D7 swing and, and just use them as cover. So, yeah, um, yeah I think six trades at a, if you're at full premium leaves you in a good spot. Um, if you've got any less than probably six after this week and you're not quite at full premium, then I'd suggest you're probably in trouble, I reckon. Yeah, so I, I'm before this before any trades this week. I've got nine left and sixteen k in the bank. But I was full primo. I am full primo currently. So the trades I'm making this week are, are more luxury trades than anything. I'm I've got Paddy McCartan sitting there. I think he down to D'Ambrosio is a is a is a handy move that gets about two hundred and fifty k. Um, and then from there, it's all about luxury upgrades, which I think is a good place to be. So I'll have six trades left, and um, yeah, a few guys to throw around. I think that feels like a good spot. Um, I think with having those six trades left, you're probably going to need at least two downgrades out of those six trades. So you've really only got four um, four trades to play with in terms of actually upgrading or or jumping on someone who's in a good run of form. So I think you're right, Dylan. I think the, the six trades left um, without needing to do anything in your team, that's probably where you want to be. Um, but I think there's a there's a very even spread across the board. Do you guys have any feel, Bandit, do you have any feel for what an, an average a number of trades left at this point might be? Uh, well, I know we were talking about Marrera's Magic, who's um, made the switch from AFL Fantasy over to, to Supercoach this year and is absolutely dominating, sitting in the in the top 30 overall at the moment after winning uh, back-to-back AFL Fantasy titles a, a few years back. And um, I was sort of looking through his, his Twitter feed, and he's pretty much out of trades, he said, um, at this point in the year, which um, probably means that he won't be able to hold his rank if, um, if one of his players gets injured or he um, loses a rookie or something like that. So... Um, yeah, I think the general consensus is that people are starting to run a bit a bit thin on trades. We just keep copping injuries at the at the wrong time, don't we? I mean, Gorn yeah. just popped up at a really inopportune time for a lot of coaches, and then Zach Butters just you know poured salt into that wound um, by uh, by doing his knee um, on the weekend. So <laughs> it just seems like we can't get a clean run at it with uh, with injury this year. Unfortunately, it's just been one of those seasons where um, there's been spot fires popping up all over the place. Unfortunately, and um, yeah, thankfully we've got those five extra trades and, and the boosts because I, I shudder to think where we'd be if we didn't have those five extra trades. Absolutely. Dylan, are you still have you still got a boost in hand? Yeah, I've got one left. I used one last week um, to fix Gorn, um, but I've still got one left, yeah. Yeah, I love it. Um, well, it's the next relevant topic we're going to get to is um, the run home uh, is what I've called this, this big topic. And it's basically which teams have better draws than others because it is getting to that time of the year when um, – I guess an individual player can go on a run. We, we've seen it in recent years. You know, the players just get hot at the right time of the season. They have a good fixture. They play West Coast at home or, or something like that, and they can just get a run on. So, Bandit, I tasked you this afternoon with having a look through which teams um, which teams have, a, have an easy draw, let's say, 
uh, in either in real life or in Supercoach terms or both. Um, so do you want to run us through what you found uh, with your favourable draw analysis? Yeah, sure. So uh, you know what they say, work uh, work smarter, not harder. So Fox Footy actually put out a, uh, a sort of fixture analysis article uh, yesterday, thanks to Max Lawton at, at Fox Footy. Go and, uh, go and check that out if you want to have a, an in-depth read of each club's run home. But yeah, they basically summarised it um, with a, a bit of a ranking of, of 1 to 18 based on uh, how they see the uh, the fixture for, uh, for every team between now and the end of the season. So um, we'll just quickly run through the top um, the top six teams with with the good runs, um, and then we'll touch on the teams with the um, the harder runs. So, and then we'll just point out some of the players who who might be of interest for for each team. So, uh, yeah, Fox Footy had Adelaide as the the easiest draw from from here on out. They play North Melbourne twice and West Coast as well. So, um, you'd think three hopefully wins for uh, for Crow supporters. So um, that's good news for guys like Rory Laird, um, Jordan Dawson and, and Riley O'Brien as a potential pod if you're looking for a, a Max Gorn replacement. Um, Hawthorne was, was number two, so that's good news for uh, the likes of, uh, of Sicily and, and Tom Mitchell. I know he's probably burnt a few coaches this year, but uh, if you're looking for a, an M8 pod um, to wind back the clock, he's, he's definitely on the radar. Uh, Gold Coast was at number three, so that's great news for obviously Took Miller and uh, Jared Witts, uh, and a potential pod David Swallow as well. Uh, mm. He's been in some really good form over the over the last month or so, with going back into the into the midfield at the Suns. Uh, number four was was Richmond, um, so good news for uh, you guys like Jaden Short, Toby Nan Curvis, and even some pod options as well. So we've got Tom Lynch in the forward line, uh, Nathan Broad, who's put together a really solid season down back. Uh, and also Dusty potentially as well. I know he hasn't probably yeah, reached the heights of, of previous years, but what do we um, think about Dusty as a prospect in general, Dylan? Have you liked what you've seen from him since he since he came back? I think he's only played the one or two games, hasn't he, since he returned from um, from being away? Yeah, he hasn't really hit his straps yet, has he? Um, but I mean, he's a triple Norm Smith medalist and obviously a champion. So we think Richmond will be, well, I think Richmond will be thereabouts again this year um, in terms of pushing for the eight and potentially having a crack at, um, at the flag. I think he probably heats up at some point. So he's played um, he's played one, uh, five games um, since he came back and there's been three 70s and 80 and then 119 against Hawthorne. I think mm. he'll improve on that. Um, but again, like we've spoken about the forward options at length, there's not really any clear-cut ones outside of the top four or five. So I think you could do worse than picking up Dusty, that's for sure. Yeah, nice. What about in terms of teams with hard runs home, Bandit? What are the teams that we've got that um, that are struggling when it comes to the last five, or six, the last six or seven or eight games? Yeah, sure. So just before we get to those, I'll just touch on a couple more with good runs. So Collingwood um, were at number five and Sydney were at number six. So good news for um, players like Crisp, um, Mills, Parker, Heaney. They all look like pretty solid options with Sydney having a, a pretty good run home into the um, into the finals. Um, the teams with harder runs all tend to be teams that are looking to cement their spots in the top eight or potentially higher than that. So Melbourne was at number one, so um, they're going to rely heavily on guys like Clayton Oliver, Christian Petrarca, um, Angus Brayshaw is another one who will need to carry a lot of um, that midfield load over the next um, over that next month or so. Uh, the Bulldogs are at number two, so obviously we've we've touched on um, just how many super coach options uh, they have in their side at the moment. Guys like Bontempelli, McRae, uh, English, who obviously won't play this week. Um, Bailey Dale is another one. Josh Dunkley is an obvious one as well. Brisbane was at number three, uh, so Lockie Neal, Daniel Rich are their, their two sort of main ones that we've um, looked at a lot this year. Uh, the Saints are at number four. They didn't do themselves any favours by, by dropping a winnable one on the weekend. Um, so you're looking at guys like Sinclair, Gresham, Jack Steele when he comes back. He's not far off returning, which is which is good news for them. Um, and also Brad Crouch, who's, who's been on fire in the last um, sort of four or five weeks with Steele out of the team. Uh, and then the last couple um, were GWS and Port Adelaide. So uh, Josh Kelly's, um, Stephen Canelio, Tom Green, Harry Himmelberg, who's sort of um, come from nowhere in that in that new uh, defensive post that he's been put in by by Mark McVeigh. Um, and Port Adelaide's obviously, you know, Dan, Dan Houston, Trav Boak, Ollie Wines, um, those sorts of guys are going to need to going to need to carry a lot of the the load for Port Adelaide if they're to um, yeah state an unlikely claim for uh, for finals. I love it. Thank you for that, Bandit. Very comprehensive. Dylan, how much stock do you put into um, stuff like fixtures when you're deciding who to trade in? Like, If you're looking to upgrade to a 
um, to a premium this week for Butters. Is Are you putting any thought into what fixture they've got coming up ahead? Um, I think it can be good to act as like a, a tiebreaker if you've got two guys that you really can't split. Um, looking at, at the fixtures can be good, um, especially the how the individual fares against the opposition. So um, Adelaide might have a really easy draw, but O'Brien might might really struggle against Wits. Um, so I think if you can look if you can look from the teams into the individuals as well, that's um, a really good use of of the fixtures. But um, yeah, more or less, I think it's it's mainly for the for the rucks. I think guys like Lockie Neal score 120 every week, regardless of who he plays. Um, but the rucks, like I was tossing up. Well, I mentioned Goldstein before or Wits, but that actually interests me um, with O'Brien potentially. Um, but having said that, like I'm not. I'm not not going to get someone like a Jack Sinclair because they've got a, a tough run. Yeah, yeah, very fair point. Um, well, our next big topic to get to is forced trades. And I wanted to throw a little spanner in the works, boys. I've just had a little notification come through that Zach Butters has said on SEN in Adelaide that it's a grade um, it's a grade two medial ligament strain. He had the same injury last year in his other knee and only missed one week with it. He's hoping this one will be the same. So... Could we, could we, in fact, after all that, see Butters miss one week and English miss two? Um, Bandit, does that does that throw any spanner in the works, or is Butters still still a prime trade out for you? Oh, it's just giving me more headaches to think about. I think <laughs> um, it's hard, isn't it? Like those one week injuries just tend to be the the sort of banana peel ones, aren't they? Where you know you you set on trading someone out, then you hear they'll only likely miss one or two, and you think, oh, maybe I can get away with with holding them. I think we had a similar example with with George Hewitt earlier in the year, where he missed a game or two with um, with that calf injury, and you know there was some debate over, over whether he'd miss a third. Um, and the coaches who held on to him were, were duly rewarded when he came back and pretty much didn't miss a beat. So, yeah, it's a uh, it's a tough one. Um, You'd have to think. I, I still think it's based on on how Port Adelaide are going. If if they do lose this week, they're they're well and truly behind the eight ball to to try and push into the top eight. So um, yeah, I don't see why there'd be any reason to rush him back. But um, yeah, like you said, he had a similar injury last year and managed to come back pretty quickly. So if he can do that again, then yeah, he's obviously shown his body can can sustain it. So um, yeah, playing devil's advocate, let's say we have to get rid of him. He's not a primo anyway. Um, he probably misses two at least. Dylan, who who are, who are our options for butters? Who's on the table here? Who do we need to look at? Um, I'm very keen to hear. Have you got any point of difference players um, that you're looking at for butters? Yeah, run me through where your head's at. So I think Dunkley, Bontempelli, um, English will obviously put a line through him because he's out this week. But Dunkley, Bont, um, I think Luke Parker's also a must-have um, as well from the Swans. I think they're your, your big, um, big players. After that, Tom Libertore is only in um, 3.5% of teams, so he's a he's not a bad option. But you sort of like it. It comes down to personal preference after that. Cornelio, we've talked about um, a lot. I'm still a big fan of him. Um, you've got your bigger your bigger key forwards like Tex Walker, Tom Hawkins, Jeremy Cameron as well to consider. It's it's a really tricky one, and I don't think there's an obvious um, an obvious answer. Tim Taranto made his return in the VFL on the weekend too, um, and did pretty well. So. Yeah, that sort of final forward line position could be a, a play where you can take a risk and, and try and um, pick up a pod and, and move up the rankings. Bandit, what are you thinking with Butters? Yeah, I've uh, just had a look at the, um, the, the pod players because I think a lot of coaches would have sort of four or five of the top, I guess, sort of seven, eight, nine um, forwards already. So... Um, if you if you're tight for cash, um, I think Toby Green looks pretty tasty at, at about 440k fresh off off seven goals <laughs> last week. Um, provided he stays fit and doesn't get uh, doesn't get suspended, I think he looks like a uh, a pretty nice option. Um, Liam Baker and Jack Graham at the Tigers have put together a couple of um, a couple of nice games. I'm just curious to see how their roles get impacted with with Dusty back in the team though. So I'm probably less keen on on them with the news that um, Dusty's likely to come back. Um, and Mitch Duncan's going along nicely at the moment as well. Um, the only concern is obviously they're all cheap for a reason. So, um, yeah, I'm probably more inclined just to get someone who you won't need to trade out again in a month's time if um, if you've got the cash to get a, an Uber Primo like Bontepelli or, or Parker. I think that's a, a no-brainer. You're, you have said publicly on Twitter today, Ben, that you're looking at more of fun trades, looking at point of difference players rather than anything. After all that, all those options you've spat out, what, do you, what is your sort of prime... Prime target for butters. Uh, probably depends on the 
I think it, it's very much a team-based thing at the moment. So it's pretty much, um, you know, where your team sits at the moment. So I've got English, Bontempelli, Dunkley, um, Parker and Heaney in my forward line um, and Butters as well before before making any trades. So, um, but I've also got Gorn to deal with and, and Tickle. So I don't really have any, any ruck cover, um, especially with English um, being out this week. So I'm probably going to have to trade Butters to a ruckman. Yeah. Um, which kind of rules out any any forward line pods for me. So I'm probably more looking elsewhere at, at this stage. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I said, probably more inclined to go with a primo. But I do like Toby Green at 440k. He's got some runs on the board from a super coach perspective in in years gone by. So I think he could definitely do worse than, than grabbing him. Dylan, what about for those guys holding Gorn? Um, you spoke a little bit about some of the ruck options before. Um, what have we got? What is actually on the table here for rucks? Because they seem to be. We seem to have gone from a point where we had rucks coming out of our proverbial to a point where we're struggling to find even a single one to bring in. So so run us through our options in the ruck department. All right. So number one, I think, is Jared Witts. He was bad last week, but I think he bounces back and is, is the clear number one at the moment. Um, number two is probably Sean Darcy, who's been terrible <laughs> since I put him in. Um, but, yeah, he's probably the best of the rest. Um yeah, after that, it's pretty bad. I don't mind Riley O'Brien, as um as Bandit mentioned before. He's got a soft run of fixtures too, so he's an okay play. But, yeah, after that, we're sort of speculating and, and looking at a guy like maybe a Goldstein. Interesting. Bandit, you're you're also bringing in a Ruckman. Who's on the radar for you? Yeah, the one I'm, I'm sort of keen on is um is Toby Nankervis at, at the Tigers. I think he's sort of just slipped under the radar a little bit um this year outside of sort of Gorn and Wits um he's actually third I think at the moment for for total points and um yeah sort of sharing the ruck duties with Ivan Soldo on occasion doesn't really seem to be um impacting his output too much especially over the last five or six weeks he's been been unbelievable I gave him a push on on Twitter I think um in the in the buy rounds when it looked like Proust wasn't going to get back in and and silly enough I didn't didn't follow my own advice but uh yeah that looks like a not too bad option um if you are looking for, for someone who's a little bit different, a little bit left field, I think you could do worse than um, than Big Nick. Love it. Um, next big topic. We I've set you the task earlier today. Um, most teams are getting to the point where if they're not upgrading their last rookie, they're getting very close to it. Um, and it's really hard to choose who should be the number one priority to bring in. Um, so I've set you guys a task. <clears throat> I want you to choose me one player from each line, defense, midfield, ruck, forward, who has less than 30% ownership, who you think is the top priority to bring into teams. Um, Dylan, we'll throw to you first. Defender. Um, Tom Stewart, I think. He's tw- in 27% when I last checked um, a couple of hours ago. He, to me, I think he's the top three defender. Um, I know he missed with with a concussion um, a couple of weeks ago, but yeah, he's he's one that his break-even is pretty high at the moment. I don't have it in front of me now, but... Um, I think he's one that you'll want to. His break even two hundred and ten. I've just seen, so he'll he'll bleed a bit of cash. Um, but I think you need to get him in in a week or two. Love it, Bandit Defender. Yeah, I think the one that sort of stands out for me, who's currently in the top six, but only has eleven point seven percent ownership, is uh, Jordan Dawson. He's been he's been super over the last um, over the last five rounds. He's averaging one hundred and seventeen in that. In that time, um, 574k for that level of output seems unders to me. So, if, uh, yeah, if you need another defender, I'd be um, be grabbing him this week. I brought in him and Rory Laird in the same week uh, about five, yeah, about five weeks ago. So that's been absolutely fantastic. <laughs> that's felt very good. Uh, it's just beautiful watching him play. He's one of those guys that I find really enjoyable to see play football because he's just so smooth, doesn't miss kicks. Um, he's it's very comforting having him in my team. Dylan, number one midfielder for you under thirty percent ownership. Uh, I couldn't split Mills and Rory Laird, who are both in um, about twelve percent. Uh, Mills is sixteen percent, Laird's twelve percent. Um, they're both one twenty plus guys, and if you can afford them, I think they're great. If you can't afford them, though, I think Eddie Brayshaw at twenty four percent is worth a look. Yeah, agreed. He's coming into my team this week. Bandit, anyone we've missed there? Yeah, Andrew Brayshaw was one that I had earmarked for for the mids. Um, yeah, averaging 114 for the for the season at 550k is uh, absolute money for Jam. But uh, the other one that I had as a super pod, um, four tons on the bounce now, 
is uh, is Cam Guthrie at the Cats. Oh, um, we, saw, we saw what he was capable of last year, where he averaged, I think it was 113 across the season last year, and he was almost uh, sort of verging on uber primo at one point. But um, yeah, he's in less than two percent of teams at the moment, um, and I think he's actually cheaper than. Um, than uh, than Brayshaw, so if you need a uh, super pod on the way home at M eight, he's um he's one that you could certainly look at. He's gone one two four, one two six, one oh one, and one fifteen in his last month. So yeah, little handy patch of form there. I love that bandit. Um, we'll skip over the rucks. There's too much going on there. Forwards, one forward below thirty percent ownership. Dylan, I have no idea how Bontempelli's only in eighteen percent of sides. <laughs> I think that is. I think that's ridiculous. He should be in. Oh, he should be one of the most highly selected players in the game. I think he's one you have to have. Um, and outside of that, maybe Liberatore. He's only in four percent. That could be a nice, a nice play. Yeah, love that bandit. Anyone, anyone else to add on to those two? Uh, yeah, similar vein. I can't believe Luke Parker's in only twenty three percent of teams. That that seems um, crazy to me that he's still only that lowly owned. Five fifty nine k is still very affordable. Um, his break even's in the nineties this week, but if he has another big game, then that price will be heading north um, in a hurry over the next sort of two or three weeks. So, if you haven't got him and you need a forward this week, I'd be making him or Bontempelli a, a priority for sure. I uh, love it. Thanks for that, boys. Very good analysis as always. Um, last, th- oh, second last thing I want to get to. Um, we're going to be quick with this one. It's mostly because I need help with my own team. Um, I think a lot of, as we mentioned, as we sort of touched on there with those forward line stats, I think a lot of people are carrying these mid-tier primos in their forward line, which is why the likes of Bontepelli and Parker aren't as highly owned as they should. So I'm talking the likes of Will Brody, Darcy Cameron, um, Cogs, Butters, uh, all these guys that are sort of banging on the door of Primo without quite getting there. Um, so what I wanted to ask you boys is which which of these mid-tier Primos I'm going to throw at you is needs to be the priority to upgrade. And I, I want to give you, I want you to give it to me in order. So Dylan Moore, Jaden Short, Canelio, Will Brody, uh, Darcy Cameron and Christian Petrarca. Uh, Bandit, which of those guys sticks out to you as someone that, that just has to go, that can't be in your team come round 23? Yeah, I think uh, Dylan Moore is the the big obvious one on on that list. Um, five round average has dropped all the way down to seventy eight point four, which is pretty ordinary for a guy who was um, up over five hundred k at uh, at one stage, Eddie. I think when you when you brought him in, uh, so yeah, it's about time that something went wrong for you this year. But uh, <laughs> yeah, he's a he's definitely a, he's definitely a trade out option for me. I think he just hasn't been able to sustain that that early season form that had him in the conversation for. For an all Australian blazer, so um, he's probably the one that I'd um, say that absolutely needs to go in the next couple of weeks. What about Jaden Short? Because that's one that I'm seeing a lot of teams sort of tossing up. Um, I, I he still his output is still fine. I think it's just if you're missing out on a Stewart or a Dawson that you might want to think about it. But but Dylan, is Jaden Short one that you're thinking of getting rid of? And do you own him? Yeah, I've got Short. I've had him. I started with him, but I think you hit the nail on the head there. He's a he's a luxury upgrade. Um, I think, as Bandit mentioned, Dylan Moore's one that probably has to go. I think Short is one that can go if you've got the trades. Yeah, I agree. Um, what about uh, what about Will Brody? That's a really interesting one. Um, I know Nico, uh, runner-up from last year, he's he's big on the trade Brody train. He wants to get rid of him ASAP. I personally want to see what happens over the next couple of weeks. I think I saw last week he still had the same amount of centre-bounce attendances as he'd had the week before. He just didn't have quite a good scoring round. Bandit, is he high on your list to go or are you wanting to see what he can produce with Fife in the team? Yeah, just quickly on short, I tend to agree with you guys. I, I reckon in Richmond's best 22, he's still at half back. Um, I think that's his best role in their best team. So um, with Dusty coming back, I think hopefully he could go back to some of that role, hopefully, um, in that in that team. But uh, yeah, just on Brody. Um, like I said at the start, I, I did sideways him this week. I was sort of listening to what Nico was was saying, and I think it makes a lot of sense um, in the sense that Brody was, you know, initially a, a cash cow for us. Um, you know, he's obviously played that role beautifully. He's probably been one of the the starting picks of the year in terms of in terms of rookies. Um, so yeah, if you did want to, you know, maximise your cash on on him, you could you could certainly trade him out for a, an Uber Primo like Bontempelli or, or Parker. Um, but I think there's absolutely merit in in looking at him for just another week or two with with Fife in the team. Um, like I said, with um, with some of these other trades, it very much is dependent on how your own team is is shaping up. Um, but yeah, like I said, I wouldn't be against sideways trading if it if it makes sense. Bandit, I'm going to hurt you a little bit here. 
Christian Petrarca, three round average of seventy four, five round at five round average of ninety four. Are, are you still holding him? If so, what are you going to do? Yeah, I'm. I'm still holding him. Um, I think, given he's sort of where is he? He's thirteenth overall for midfielders for for total points um, at the moment, with a couple of other guys with DPP ahead of him. So you wouldn't have those guys in your in your midfield. I think you can still definitely hold. Um, I think his form has sort of mirrored Melbourne's over the last three weeks where he just hasn't really um, looked his usual self. I think he was battling some illness a couple of weeks ago, so that might be having an impact still as well. Um, I'm still backing him to, to come good. Um, but, yeah, it hasn't been pretty viewing over the last three weeks, unfortunately. Certainly hasn't. Um, and lastly, la- the last guy I want to talk about is Darcy Cameron. Um, Dylan, have we got any word on, on how far away Brody Grundy is? And is, is Cameron an immediate trade-out as soon as... Grundy comes back into the side? Um, it's really hard to know. Like, given the form he's in, I'd, I don't own Cameron, but if I did, I feel like I'd want to see how he goes with Grundy in the team. Um, he's been pretty good, but, yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's a tough one. That's one where I'd want to have trades to pull the switch if need be. Um, but it could be a case of they go, you know, Cameron's doing really well. Let's leave, let's leave Grundy out for another week or two. Um, well, I've just checked the injury list, and before last round, he was still listed at four weeks away, um, which doesn't seem to be getting much closer. I think it's been at four weeks for a couple of weeks now, which is, yeah, I guess a positive for Cameron owners, not so good for Grundy um, and Collingwood. But the, I think, unfortunately, Collingwood are actually kind of pushing for a, a top eight spot, which may mean they, they rush him back quicker than, than maybe needed. Last one I want to ask you about, Bandit, um, Cornelio. Uh, again, I think this might be a little pain point for you. So walk us through Cogs. Uh, is, is he, are, you, are you tempted at all to bring him back in this week for Butters? Uh, oh, it's a hard one. I'm, I'm generally the rule of if you trade someone out, particularly someone who started as a rookie, then you sort of stick to your guns and, and you don't bring them back in later on because that's essentially wasting a, a trade that you could have, uh, you could have held on to. But um, I think if you if you still have him, then I think you've got no other choice but to hold now. The, his role looks really good under Mark McVeigh, who who clearly rates him as a midfielder. I think all the noise coming out of the Giants since McVeigh took over is that you know he's a captain, he's a midfielder, he's gonna he's gonna play as a midfielder. So um, it's nice to have some clarity out of GWS for for a change. But um, yeah, I, I think if you're holding him, then yeah, absolutely no reason to trade him out at this point. Last big topic to get to this week, boys, is the State League stuff. I want to know who's been going well in the State League. We're always desperate for downgrade options for the guys coming through. And, Dylan, this is your forte. Um, so I'm just going to give the floor to you. Go with it. Go wherever you want with this. Just run me through what's been happening in the State Leagues. Yeah, cool. So there's been a few buys. Um, so it was a, a smaller, um, I guess, sample size this week. Um We'll start with the VFL first. So Carlton played Footscray. Um, Jack Carroll, I know Bandit mentioned before, he still has him and, and I've still got Carroll as well. He was really good. Had 29 touches, seven marks and five tackles. But I guess my question mark um, with Carroll is that Will Setterfield, Lockie Fogarty were also really good. Um, I'm not sure where he sits in the pecking order as well. So it's one to watch. He played well, but is he straight back in? I'm not too sure. Will Hayes, um, former Bulldog, it's um, the guy that Carlton picked up with their last pick of the mid-season draft. He kicked uh, a goal and had 28, uh, 26 touches, big pardon, so he was pretty strong as well. Um, and Brody Kemp might get a look in this week. Sam Durden went down with a knee injury, so I think Brody Kemp might fill that key position void um, and could be one to watch. I don't think he'll score overly well, but a warm body, as we've mentioned before, could be a good thing. Um, for Footscray, Lockie Hunter and Josh Bruce returned and were really good. Um, I don't think you'd consider either of them from a Supercoach perspective, but um, that was a good thing. Sh- uh, Sam Darcy also had uh, 14 marks too, so I don't know that he'll get a look wow. at straight away, but yeah, it might be one next year. Obviously, Bruce was pretty good, and I think Bruce is, is um, ahead of him short term, but it's good for Darcy to build a bit of form after an a, um, interrupted start to the year. Um, for Geelong, uh, they also just had some players returning. So Oliver Henry, uh, not Oliver, um, what's his brother's name? I've had a mind blank. Jack Henry. Um, yeah. Jack Henry, <laughs> Max Holmes, um, Radaglia all played. There wasn't too much to report on the rookie front. Mitch Nevitt had 14 touches and Zane Williams, another mid-season draft prospect to kick two. But at the end of the day, it's going to be pretty hard to break into that Geelong side. And even if they do break in to stay in, I know, 
never got a taste of it earlier in the year, but um, was out pretty quickly. So not much there for Geelong. Um, Sandringham and Essendon, Sandy didn't have a lot. Uh, Marcus Windhager had 31 and kicked two goals after being the sub um, Friday night, but he's at the at the price point now where it's not really worth considering him. But for Essendon, um, Kane Baldwin kicked three and had 16 disposals. Mm. McDonough, um, 14 touches and a goal. John Menzi, another draft, uh, mid-season draft player, had 11 and two goals. And then Will Snelling and, and Langford returned too. Can I interest you in any of those first three guys, Baldwin, McDonough or Menzi? Um, no, Eddie? you can't. You can't really. I'm not overly bullish on any of them at this point. I think Baldwin's uh, Baldwin's a prospect for next year and the year after. But, yeah, I don't, I don't think they'll be coming in um, that quickly. I think Snelling and Langford, obviously, Come straight back into the side. So, Braden Ham, um, I dare say, will be not long for this world in the ones. But, yeah, no interest in the other ones. But thank you, Dylan. Yep. Yeah, I totally agree. D'Ambrosio is obviously one that was in the, the seniors this week but looked pretty good. So, he's a, a cheap option that has had a taste and, and could be a good pick. Um, to Gold Coast and GWS, Charlie Constable had 28 and a goal. Um, wow. Oscar Forkhead had 19 and a goal. Um, Hollands had 18 in a goal as well. So there's a few guys doing well there. Um, but, you know, Gold Coast are doing pretty well at the moment. So it's been tough to break in too. Yeah, I don't know. Can you see Hollands getting in anytime soon, Bandit? Not sure. They will They will have to replace uh, Will Power, who suffered a pretty nasty-looking uh, ankle injury on the weekend. So they will have a spot there available to, to potentially bring someone in. But, yeah, we've seen lots of guys at the Suns kicking the not quite kicking the door down, but going very well at, at two's level and, and not quite getting a, getting a look in. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, if that continues. Yeah, Rory Thompson as well made his return after a knee injury, so he could replace Powell if they choose to go taller. Um, and Thompson's only 140K. So, again, probably one that doesn't have great scoring potential, but might play. Um, for the Giants, Phil Davis returned. Um, Cooper Hamilton wasn't great, um, only 14 disposals. But Wade Dirksen was really good, kicked three and had 14, and Tim Taranto had 27 touches on his return. Um, so there might be a little bit of interest there. Come um, the, the coming weeks for the Swans, um, Hugo Hill-Khan, who was a, a Sandy Dragons boy and tracked him pretty closely this year, he kicked five goals and had 21 touches after hardly getting near it next week. Um, so pretty stoked for him, but I still feel like he's a little way off. He was... Pretty, he hasn't had a clear run at it as a junior, um, some knee issues, some back issues. So I don't know that, that um, HK will get into the seniors anytime soon, especially given how Sydney are, are travelling at the moment. So great for him, but I think we should temper expectations a little bit there. Um, Dylan Stevens and Roberts had 22 touches, so they're in the frame still. Uh, will Gould, I know he's one that we've for a long time have been hoping to get back well, get in um, to Supercoach sides. He had 14 and kicked a couple of goals. So he's still around, stepping about. Um, and then finally, Tom Hickey was pretty good and should come in this week given Peter Adams is out. Um, he got suspended. So I think Hickey will play this week. Um, for the Tigers, Jack Ross, Collier Dawkins, Parker, Stack, Castagna, all were pretty good but aren't really relevant Supercoach-wise. Morris Rioli had 18 touches, no goals, but he was he was busy. But again, like, where is he in the pecking order? Judson Clark was okay without being great um, for the Tigers. So, yeah. fingers crossed Riolo can get back in. I thought he was pretty good as a sub um, when he came he in. He was excellent. But yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, fingers crossed he gets back in. And then Jacob Bauer kicked two um, after kicking three or four last week. And he's, a, he's another mid-season guy, but I don't think he'll get in straight away. Um, to the waffle, Alex Weatherden had 32 after being dropped from the seniors. So, then again, he, there must be something wrong with him off-field because he, he couldn't get a clear run at it at the Lions and now seems to be in and out of that West Coast side. Um, so that's a strange one. Jai Cully had 20 after being pretty quiet last week. So um, that's good for him. For Peel, who are Frio's affiliate, um, Neil Erasmus had 26 and a goal. Lloyd Meek was really mm. good, which could be bad for Sean Darcy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's not ideal, but... Um, Matt Taberner kicked three, so maybe Meek just has to stay in the twos. I'm not sure how that'll work. Um, Liam Henry kicked two goals and had 16 touches, and I think he could come in for Sam Switkowski for Frio. Um, and then outside of that, Joel Weston kicked four, and Matthew Johnson, who was last year's draft slider, had 19 as well. But um, 
three are pretty good, and I think it'd be hard to, to break in unless injuries are, are mounting for them. So not really a lot there either. Um, in the Sandville, Adelaide, Josh Worrell had 20 touches. Luke Pedler had two goals and 13 touches. And then Tools, Lockie Golan and Fisher Mackesy had three and two goals respectively. But similar to some of the yeah. guys I've talked about before, being, t- being keys, they're not going to score overly well. Um, and then for Port, Jace, uh, Jace Burgoyne, Miller Berg, uh, Miles Bergman, beg your pardon, and Sam Skinner all had about a dozen touches um, but weren't great. Sam Hayes was really good, though, and had 37 hit-outs um, and could come back. back in, yeah, um, especially with Tickle going down, I think Hayes will come back in. Um, but unfortunately, there's not a lot. Um, there were a lot of buys, so we've only really got half the competition in action. But, yeah, there wasn't a lot coming out of the state leagues this weekend. That is fantastic work. Thank you, Dylan. I feel about 20 times more knowledgeable about the State League action than I did five minutes ago. So thank you for that, making that a regular segment. Um, it's going to be great for future planning for next year as well, just to know which guys are, which guys might be in the mix come round one 2023. Is it too early to think about that yet? Who knows? Um, Sam, Sam Darcy, 14 marks, sounds tasty. That does sound very mm. tasty. It's extremely tasty. Keen to see what he can offer up. Um, now, boys, if you like a punt, check out topsport.com.au. They're the home of the best same-game multi in the business where the odds actually add up. Um, every week of the season, we uh, we pick a couple of, of markets that we like um, and spread them around. Uh, the success rate has been, uh, yeah, it's been okay of recent times. Um, before that, it was terrible. We're, we're back on track, though. Um, so if you like, if you like, if you want to get onto Top Sport, use the code SC Playbook if you're linking up your account so they know we sent you. 18 plus only. Gamble responsibly. Lads, what have you found for me this week, Bandit? What have you? What's taken your fancy out of the top sport markets? Yeah, I got a couple of a uh, couple of little bets that I, I like to look up. So I've got um, one three leg multi, and then I've got a little same gamer as well, um, which we'll, we'll we'll dive into as well. But uh, like yeah, it. just the uh, the team multi first. So uh, I've got Brisbane uh, plus five and a half points against Melbourne. I reckon that's I reckon that head start is is generous. I know the Lions don't play at the G all that often, um, but I just think they're going a lot better than the Ds at the moment. So I reckon there's um there's some value to be had there. Uh, the Dogs should beat Hawthorne under the lid at, at Marvel. Um, Hawthorne's record there is pretty ordinary in recent times. We've only won three of their last ten at Docklands, so I like uh, the Bulldogs to win that one. Um, and then I think Fremantle can knock over Carlton at Marvel um, this weekend as well. Uh, their line is pretty skinny at uh, minus three and a half, so I reckon I'll take Freo to cover that um, four-point um, head start for Carlton in what uh, will hopefully be a win. So uh, five units on that one at $4.90 on top sport looks like a nice uh, little like multi there. Very good. Uh, and then, uh, then the same game I reckon uh, will be uh, in the Cats versus Tigers game. Uh, I reckon all four of Cameron, Hawkins, Lynch, and Rewalt to kick two or more goals each. Yep. Uh, and then Jaden Short and Cam Guthrie to have twenty-five or more disposals. Uh, Top Sport didn't have the market up for that yet, but I just had a look on another bookmaker and it was paying around ten dollars fifty. So Absolutely that sounds pretty it. sounds pretty juicy to me. So I'll have five units on that one as well. Fantastic, Bandit. That's great work, Dylan. What have you got for us? Yeah, I've gone just down the head-to-head route again this week. Um, I've gone Essendon to beat West Coast. Essendon fans seem to always play themselves down. There was talk they wouldn't win last week, um, but they they played pretty well. Um, And West Coast are a shambles, so I can't say the Bombers being troubled there. Sydney to beat St Kilda. St Kilda were pretty ordinary um, against the Bombers. I've gone Adelaide to beat North because North are hopeless and Port to beat Gold Coast. And if you... Combine those for um, $3.45 in a multi. Love it, Dylan. Excellent work. Um, yeah, I am one of those Bomber supporters that likes to, to, to like to talk us down. Um, West, Coast wrote, West Coast were competitive against Geelong. Um, they were pretty good. And uh, it's, a long, it's a long trip out to the West for the Bombers. So I like the West Coast head-to-head. Um, it's, it's paying for some, somehow they're paying $2.85 to beat the Bombers. And I don't think there's anything different between those two teams. I don't know if that's me playing it down or emotionally hedging, but I just don't see it. I think I think that's going to be a tight game. West Coast, good value there. Um, boys, what are your plans this week in terms of when it comes to trades, um, captains, vice-captains? Dylan, what are you thinking? Where where, where are you currently sitting with you? When you press the undo changes button, um, what's currently sitting there as the changes? I won't lie to you, Eddie. This week I have 
absolutely no idea. I haven't even mucked around with it. Like, I just have no idea what to do. Um, I'll, yeah, it could be English to Wits. Um, it could be Butters to Goldstein. A lot of it probably depends on if uh, Morris Rioli or Malcolm Roses get named. Um, I'd be happy to field them for a week and, and hold hold English, but it might not might not eventuate. Um, so a little bit of a wait and see there for me. How about you, Bandit? What are you thinking? Yeah, tough, tough week. Uh, Gorn and Butters will be out. Um, Gorn definitely for wits, um, just as that clear number one um, ruck option. Uh, and then Butters probably has to go for a, a ruckman as well. I'll probably name Curvis. I mean, there's four or five guys you can raffle it between. Um, it's, it's yeah, weird to think that I started the year with Gorn and Grundy and we all thought that would be the, the set and forget option of... Uh, of most people, but uh, yeah, it turns out I've chopped and changed. I think more more players through that line um, than any other this year, unfortunately. So um, yeah, maybe Wits and Nankervis, but could easily end up being you know a, a Goldstein or a, a Riley O'Brien or something like that. It's yeah a bit of a lottery at the moment, so I'll have to um, yeah dig into some some more data on that um, as the week progresses. Love it. I'm going McCartan down to D'Ambrosio. I'm going Dylan Moore up to Angus Brayshaw, and I'm going Butters up to Luke Parker. Um, and that leaves 80K in the bank, six trades to get on the run home, and Hobbsy filling in F6 for uh, for Tim English. Now, captains and vice-captains. Um, it's a tricky one given that they, we have three games before Saturday. Um, I'm thinking Lockie Neal vice against Melbourne at the G. On a Thursday night, that kind of feels that kind of feels right. You could go with Oliver as well if you're feeling that way. And then I think Rory Laird against the Kangaroos um, on Sunday, Arvo at Blundstone is probably the no-brainer captain choice if Oliver if Neil doesn't work out. Am I missing anything there, Dylan? Is there someone I haven't haven't looked at yet? Yeah, I, I've got Neil as vice captain at the moment as well. He averages 121 against Melbourne across his career, which is is pretty impressive. Um, in terms of captaincy. Jack McRae against Hawthorne is probably worth a look. Um, his last three against us have been 136, 102, and 127. So he tends to fear, fear, uh, fear. He tends to go pretty well. Um, but as you said, late against North is a, a pretty juicy prospect. What about you, Bandit? Who are you leaning towards? Oh, I was just thinking about your uh, pod, Eddie, of Angus Brayshaw into your team. I'm, I'm liking the sound of that. At, uh, mm, at I'm enjoying that. That is, that is tasty. Um, Extremely. Yeah, great minds on the captaincy front as well. I think Neil um, against the D's on on Thursday looks like an obvious choice, as does McRae against against Hawthorne. At Marvel, he loves the venue and and clearly likes playing against uh, against the Hawks. Um, yeah, Rory Laird um, against North is the statistical play. North, I think, are the seventeenth ranked team um, for conceding super coach points to to uh, to midfielders this year. So yeah, that looks like a pretty obvious statistical um, play. Uh, outside of that. There's not really much else, I don't think. Wits against Hayes in the last game of the round potentially um, could be a, a reasonable captaincy option if you're playing for for leagues and need a need a point of difference captain. But yeah, outside of that, I think it's a pretty pretty cut and dry round on the captaincy front. Well, boys, you've made your trades this week, but how well do you know your numbers outside of Supercoach? With interest rates going up at the moment, it might be fun time to finally trade banks and save yourself a bit of cash. Don't know where to start? Shoot Pat and George Mortgage Choice, all one word, a message on Instagram, or give them a call on 0295211611. Mention the SC Playbook podcast, and they will take care of the rest. Now, I wasn't going to do listener Q&As, but I had a look at um, a quick look at what we've had come through, and I actually really like this one, and it's something we haven't really talked about. It's come through from Peter Dale on Facebook, and he wants to know about Luke Jackson. And it's a name we haven't really spoken about this afternoon. It's quite relevant, I think. So, Dylan, what do you think about Luke Jackson with Gorn out? Is, does he become a legitimate ruck forward option for you? We haven't really seen it, um, to be honest. I think I saw someone the other day that he's only ever played two or three games without Gorn. Um, and that was often with another Bruce type or another big bloke hanging around. So, yeah, we, we don't have a lot to base it on. I... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Is he ready to be the number one ruck for a full game? It's I'm, oh, there's a lot of question marks for me, and I think I'd rather you know pay another fifty k and get a Heaney or a, a Mitch Duncan, as as Bandit mentioned before. There's a few other guys that I feel like are just safer, um, perhaps. But I mean, is that time of year where a risk could pay off? I want to play devil's advocate there. He's got two games this year. He's gone one two six against Port in round four, 
and 137 against Gold Coast in round two. So the ceiling is definitely there. He can score. Um, this might be all he needs. Bandit, is that is he? Are you having a look at him? Is he a chance? Um, what do you think about him as a bit of a, a cash grab option? Yeah, I definitely agree that he's got some ceiling. I think that'll um, be a constant theme that we look at um, throughout his career. I think he'll be you know a Gorn 2.0 potentially in, in that regard. Um, Fantasy Freako tweeted some good info today that his um, hit out to advantage ratio is actually the lowest of the top 25 ranked ruckman in the competition this year. So. Um, that might be what, what holds him back a little bit potentially, just spending more time in the ruck. Um, his ruck craft isn't quite there yet, um, and that's probably been papered over a little bit by having Gorn as that number one. So, um, yeah, it's it's like, it's like probably a bit too speculative for me. Um, it feels a bit like Darcy Cameron earlier in the year. That one obviously paid off for a lot of coaches, but um, can lightning strike twice? I'm, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm probably more inclined to just go the the safer route and, and look at a, a more established Ruckman. Um, and the other, the other thing to think about potentially as well with with Gorn not being there, um, you know, that could potentially impact the likes of Oliver and Petrarca who um, might be getting less clean ball um, from the hand of Jackson um, compared to what they were with, with Gorn. So, um, yeah, that'll be something to look at over the next couple of weeks as well. I love it. Well, thanks for that, boys. That's about all we've got time for this afternoon. Dylan, thank you for your time. Bandit, thank you for your time. Um, I'll speak with both of you during the week. Don't forget to jump on SC Playbook if you want um, all our advice for this coming weekend of games. Cheers, boys. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 